shivers down your spine. Shrieking skulls will shock your soul. Seal your doom tonight. Good Spook. evening, and welcome back to another meeting of the Order of the Straight Arrow. You have myself, Lays with Dead, across from me. I am Spooky Smoking Dart. <laughs> And in between them, you have myself, Miles, a.k.a. Chief Rhymes with Sins. <laughs> Thanks for meeting me in the spooky clubhouse. <laughs> we have a very special episode for you guys today. Um, but before we get into it, as always, the spooky straight arrow oath. For those of you in scout uniform, three finger salute. And those of you in civilian clothes, hands over your heart and repeat after the historian. A straight arrow tells the truth. A straight arrow loves nature. A straight arrow never uses a toilet paper out of anger. <laughs> and a straight arrow is always against Bill HR 57, which would allow the importation of South American propane. Can I get a round table, Wima Tanya? Wima Tanya! This is King of the Hill, Season 2, Episode 4. This is the 17th episode overall. It was originally aired on October 26th, 1997. Written by David Zuckerman, who also wrote Plastic White Female. He's written four King of the Hill episodes in total. Uh, this one's directed by John Rice. This is his final King of the Hill credit. He also directed Keeping Up With Our Joneses last season. Before this, though, he was a storyboard artist on Beavis and Butthead Do America. Hmm. So I might have mentioned that last time, but... I think you did. John Rice, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, he went off to do some other stuff. Yeah, I got you. I kind of I felt like in this episode, there's, it felt like a familiar director. Just the way that it was shot. There's some similarities that I've seen that we'll get, a, we'll yeah, get I would, into. Yeah, I would count this among a classic. Oh, yeah. This is in my top ten. Spoiler. So the season two DVDs, they have the director's intro before each episode. This one is entitled Halloween. This is the Halloween episode. Mm -hmm. um, the director intro, it's just a voiceover with Hank saying, it's just liver. It's not going to kill you. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it's a yellow and orange swirling liquid mess and mm. pencil animations of Hank as the devil and his head explode, a zombie Hank head exploding and oh that's a fun one it's yeah it was pretty it's pretty neat they're only a couple seconds synopsis for halloween is hank tries to teach bobby about halloween until a militant youth fellowship leader cancels halloween for all of arlen <laughs> that's a pretty good way to put it and uh like episodes before this one starts with no cold open right into the theme song and then a very familiar shot which i could only recognize is the same from keeping up with our joneses it's that overhead shot with that kind of orchestral mischief music playing from that same episode. And, of course, it's directed by the same guy. He likes that shot. He does. And that kind of music. Do you music. know, was it the same setting? Like, was it the same day, it wasn't, night? It was sun, both at sun. night. It was both at night. But the first shot was from the back door, like the patio, to Bobby's window. Oh, so it wasn't a recycled shot. No, but it was the it's exact same flavor. Yeah, Because uh, the, even the song was the same. So the episode starts here with, we see the guys in the garage and 
They're getting together their spookiest ideas for a haunted house. I'm the general contractor of the school's haunted house, and it's my responsibility to bring this job in on time, under budget, and over scary. Uh, so while this is going on, uh, Dale is criticizing himself, saying that he could probably look deader, uh, but Boomhauer doesn't seem to care as he's suspended uh, hanging from the rafters of Hank's garage with rope around his fucking pants. Dang old dead is dead. <laughs> and it seems Bill also has a wedgie. <laughs> but then uh, the guys are so rudely interrupted uh, when dinner's ready. Hank, dinner time. I am stirring in the cheese powder. <laughs> he uses cheese powder in everything. <laughs> I figured she was just making craft dinner for dinner. <laughs> it's probably the cheese powder from craft dinner. <laughs> but she has some stupid twist on it. It's called craft dinner Peggy or something. <laughs> yeah, it's just called Peggy Dinner. <laughs> For those of you in America who don't have craft dinner, it is mac and cheese, instant. They, I think they have it now. Oh, do they? I, I know that you. I know it used to be a more Canadian thing. Those of you in the UK who don't have craft dinner, yeah, that was true. When our cousin, <laughs> when our cousin came from England, he took home boxes of KD. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, like the greatest thing you've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. I know, like, you could send those, like, care packages away to people that are, like, living overseas, and it always has a box of craft dinner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we blew his mind. We added hot dogs into the mix. Oh, he's like, <laughs> guys. <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, the boys try to scare Peggy when she gets in by using Hagatha. <laughs> yeah, pretty successfully. Yeah, no, she scared uh, a whole year off her life. <laughs> <laughs> and after that, Hank um, starts to... Uh, say a common theme for the episode so he wants Bobby to have the same sort of Halloween experience that he had as a boy and it's an awesome flashback like I love these flashbacks especially like their voices because it's like it's just them yeah <laughs> just a little higher and, like I love like just their little styles um, like how they look and like Hank and Bill's like or Hank's bowl cut you know they caught and gave them and their, their costumes are pretty funny Dale's a hippie uh, Hank's the devil. Boomhauer is a floral ghost. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just a bedsheet, but, like, not a white one. <laughs> and Bill's a convict, complete with... He carries a fucking bowling ball around with him. <laughs> I, I was trying to read into it, and I thought, like, oh, maybe it's all their biggest fears, because, you know, Hank fears death, Bill fears being alone in prison, and Hank... I mean, and Dale fears hippies the most. He does. But I just didn't understand... I couldn't Boom do the same Boomhauer. He can't handle not being seen. Because he's so beautiful, God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Dang old beautiful. Yeah, I don't know. So It's funny, too. Um, as soon as uh, they knock on the door and it gets open, Dale's first line is, do you have any candy cigarettes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. And then Mrs. Hill gives them, like, the big chocolate bars each. And, and Bill's like, only one? <laughs> and, like, I don't know. I didn't recognize it as Hank's mom right away. Did you guys know, like, before you saw the Hill mailbox that it was going to be Hank's mom? So I watched it with the subtitles, and it says Mrs. Hill oh, in brackets, okay. actually. So. Okay, well, I, was I did. I did. Was like, and then you look at it, and it, it the the art oh, is Hank with a wig. Second <laughs> time I watched it, I was like, oh my god, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. We get there, and then they're pretty pissed off about the uh, one chocolate bar. So we get this awesome little uh, number. It's I get it's peanuts. Yeah. I don't know. Is it? <laughs> Sounds a lot like Peanuts. Mm-hmm. Is it exactly, is it the same or is it a... Oh, it's not the exact same as the Peanuts it's a, song. It's, it's a rendition of it. Oh, totally. Okay, that's it's what like, I thought. They did it in its likeness, but not enough to get sued or have to have the rights to it. 
so this montage is pretty funny, and I'm guessing Cotton must have been like out of town or something because oh. they're like fucking the hills house up. There's he's eggs up. like flying. He's, like, he's <laughs> overseas. <laughs> yeah, he must be. Like they've shaving cream, like the whole windshield of the car, knock over the mailbox, and eggs like, yeah, come on, Dale's house is next. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess it is. It is a funny reveal that it is in fact the Hill residence. Oh, yeah, I uh, I like that. It took oh. me a second. I was just like, of course, they're fucking up their own houses. <laughs> I love that Hank's just like, I got to go call my mom. <laughs> well, I noticed that it was the first flashback we've seen that I don't think Cotton's like directly in there being a drill sergeant. So like, you actually see Hank kind of be like a little bit of a badass and like his like his like more of his true self because his dad's not there reigning over him. So maybe that actually has a lot to do with the theme of the episode where Hank's trying to recreate his fatherless Halloween where Cotton wasn't there to intervene with his fun for once. Mm -hmm. And that's maybe what he liked so much about Halloween to begin with. And for Bobby, it's not, it's different. Yeah. And it's kind of just what the takeaway for me is that it seems like Hank's only having fun when his dad's not around. Right. (laughs) So now that Hank uh, has the flashback and now has to call his mom, we get Luann and Peggy uh, having a chat in the bathroom uh, before Peggy leaves to her Megalomart. She's asking her if she wants to come, and she says no. She has her youth fellowship meeting down at the community center. And this is when I kind of took notice of something different in this episode that I'm sure you guys noticed too, um, is that the clothing switched a lot from what we're used to in a classic Halloween or King of the Hill episode. I wasn't sure if it was because it was a special event, like a special episode that they wanted to make it different, or because it was just October, it was colder, they were all wearing jackets and pants. That's what I thought, because, yeah, I mean, also, maybe Luann, they maybe wanted to show less skin of her going to, if she's, the episode's revolving around her. At church. Yeah, being way involved in the church. Yeah, I made, like, a a note of, like, how many things I noticed out of The Ordinary, and uh, I'll go through every time I see it. But, like, when Peggy comes into the garage, like, she's not wearing her usual uh, tube top and uh, purple shorts. She's wearing a purple button-up and a blue skirt. It's, like, just a little bit different. I think we've seen her in that outfit before, but it's not every time that they change. And then, again, in the bathroom, we see Luann in a red shirt and jeans with a white belt. And and Peggy wears that coat. Yeah, like, and she's in a completely new outfit: yellow shirt, she's Letterman in that, jacket. That Letterman jacket for like yeah. most of the sh- most of the episode, I think. And uh, and yeah, in the green pants. That's like her default outfit for this one. Yeah. We only see her in her classic outfit like in the first scene in the kitchen, like in the the morning after. Maybe it was just Halloween, and maybe the animators were just sort of like could get away with it, mm-hmm. and they just wanted to do something different. Maybe. Uh, but anyways, so that brings the Hill family to Megalomart. Um, yeah, I thought it was funny. So they're, they're costume shopping because if you buy two rubber masks, you can get the nose, nostril holes punched out for free. <laughs> what a deal that yeah. is. Um, but I thought it was a little, so, so at this time, Pamela Adlon, I guess, was in, um, the 101 Dalmatians movie. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Bobby picks up a mask and says, how about a Dalmatian? And Hank takes issue with it because it's not scary. But uh, I think that's a little nod to her other adventures. 
Yeah, Hank is uh, he's very disappointed by the lack of traditional costumes. I think uh, he he picks up uh, Elmo, Aladdin, and also a Jenny McCarthy yeah. costume, and he doesn't know what the hell these things are. So that Jenny McCarthy, you know what she's into? Anti-vax. That's, anti about, that's all I know. That's I don't know what else. I don't know what she's famous for. I just know she likes anti-vax. Yeah, she was in Playboy originally, and then like was an MTV like VJ and some other like fucking shitty movies that she acted in and yeah she is um known as uh, the nation's most prominent purveyor of anti-vaxxer ideology and in 2008 she was awarded the pegasus award by the james randy educational foundation for the performer who has fooled the greatest number of people with the least amount of effort <laughs> <laughs> She's also married to Donnie Wahlberg. <laughs> oh, no shit. Donnie? I love NKOTV. <laughs> so after one discussion of a crazy anti-vaxxer, we're going to shift our vision to Luann at the Youth Fellowship meeting where we're going to meet a crazy militant youth pastor, I guess. Is that what they're called? I'd like to introduce our guest speaker, She's a new member of our church who has made herself known in a very short time through a series of gutsy letters, complaints, and threats. Miss <laughs> Junie Harper. This is, yeah, June, this is the only appearance of Junie Harper. Uh, she's Thank God. played by Sally Field. No way. I didn't even remember seeing her name pop on the uh, screen. She's um, Frog in... Smokey and the Bandit. Oh, yeah. That's the only thing I know her from. Uh, Smokey no, and the it's not true. What? Ms. Doubtfire. Oh, yeah. Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Amazing Spider-Man. She's coming Aunt, back to me. She's Aunt May. I really she like She is. It. I think she's a great actress. Oh, um, my God. Yeah, she's I was, in everything. I, yeah. I, her voice is noticeable in this. Like, I've seen Smokey and the Bandit a lot. Uh, our mom liked that, likes mm, that movie. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. We... Uh, Seen that movie a lot, so I, I I caught on to that voice pretty pretty soon. But yeah, she yeah she did great in this one too. I, I think she had a lot of good lines. Like there was some good range. I'd like I she didn't do a lot of voice acting. I wonder what brought her to this one. Maybe it was Bert. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they were done their relationship by this point. But Company Man did air in season two. So they were done the relationship, but Bert still loved her till the day he died. <laughs> Rest in peace, Bert. We yeah. recorded that episode before his uh, he passed away. Yeah, that's, that's we didn't, true. We didn't get a chance to to talk much about Bert Reynolds in a retrospective. <laughs> still, Turd Ferguson forever. Yeah. Why don't we just start things off with a little quiz? I hope it's open Bible. <laughs> I love it. What do you like? Why do you think Luann? Because that's what we never really get. Like, I guess it is Texas and it is America. So, I mean, I guess maybe going to like a church thing isn't that weird, but it seems weird for Luann from what I know. But. I think she's just trying to better herself and like she's just looking for another outlet to be not trailer trash. I guess, but at least that's the way I'm taking it. Like, she can do it search for it however she wants but i bet you it's not that weird down down there at that time yeah i guess be a it part might of a youth fellowship i guess it might not be so what do you think because they don't actually bring up the in particular why luann decided to go to this and she doesn't have a she hasn't set a precedent of 
going to church at all before, really. No, it's not explained at all, but it is because somewhat of a common theme in the series. At one point, Hank says that him and Peggy met at a fellowship of, like, Christian athlete picnic sort of thing. So it must just be super prominent in that area and not, like, it's just weird to us, I guess. Yeah, I guess... I guess yeah, um, and at that time too, it's probably way more normal. So yeah. Um, also, the because I think later on, at the towards the end, just while we're on the topic, because Peggy also mentions that she is quite involved in the church, and to our yeah understanding, that's not entirely the case. But yeah, I guess we haven't seen. I guess it it's yet. yeah, we haven't seen it. But, but you're right. I, it's kind of something that maybe you'd expect from Peggy. Anyway, so more about this Junie Harper character in this meeting. Uh, she, <clears throat> so Junie Harper starts preaching about the Druids, about the, yeah, the Druids <laughs> and Satan worship and, uh, slander. <laughs> it's fake news. So I don't really know exactly how Halloween started, but I don't think it's that. You, that the hit- Druids would sacrifice children and dance around? Yeah, I don't think that's exactly it, but I would love a history lesson if you have one. So as the historian, I did take it upon myself to just sort of clear a little bit of this up. So the Druish, <laughs> as they're <laughs> known as the Druids, <clears throat> were educated members of Celtic history. They were often religious leaders as well as judges and a lot of municipal counseling and planning and, and but I'm talking like like 4th century BCE. Like, they also had plus 2 bonus to charisma and wisdom. No, no charisma. <laughs> no charisma. They would like they would so druid actually means something like oak tree or great oak or something. Yeah, okay. And so they would be known to like wander around in the oak forests to like deliberate and think. They were known to be like well educated and about the only educated members. Also, they Now, this sounds kind of like somebody making something up, but they were the only ones that knew how to write, but they were for they were per, like forbidden from writing. Oh, <laughs> oh my god, that's like being at the skate park, being like, I can do a kickflip, yeah, just not right now. No, I, my mom says I can't ruin these shoes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually read that too, and it was just like they were like whatever, but there's no written like actual history. Of them. Yeah, <laughs> it's by like other nations. Or exactly. Whatever. Yeah, other. Uh, I believe the other Romans uh, found them around, found evidence of them back to like fourth century. BCE, but yeah, it was, so they were, uh, but that's just the Druids. They don't really, I mean, I guess they have a, so anyway, they play into it later, but so what Halloween really is, is, is a combination of Irish, French, and British cultures all mixing once they arrived in the colonies mm. and started like in, like their communities started intermingling, they started going to church together and all of it kind of became, well, we'll take this tradition from here and this from here. Mm-hmm. And so basically the the Celtic regions of like Ireland and, and Britain would they would celebrate a kind of like a harvest festival at the end of most months. Yeah. One was always at the end of October. Yeah. And they would just have this fe- this feast. And then when the I guess the Catholic influence had a All Saints festival. Okay. Which was like a festival to dedicated to All Saints. Um, and that was on November 1st. And so when they started to mix the two, I believe they called it like all Hallows even because it was like, 
Hallow was in there a few times. So they just kind of like it all shortened, I think, in Gaelic and everything to like Halloween. Gaia. Because I think it comes from, I think the Halloween name comes from like Irish origin. But then on November 2nd in France, they had a, it was called All Souls Day. And it was a day to celebrate all of the souls of past loved ones, relatives, friends, everybody who's passed away, not just saints. Mm-hmm. So and, the dead. So the dead. And it was, um, and, and then after, sometime after the plague, like wiped out so many people yeah. and so many people were affected by it from all walks of life. People really kind of viewed this as like totally, like it's, it doesn't just affect poor, it affects everybody. Yeah. And they started to celebrate all walks of life in death. It kind of became a little weird, but that's how they started to dress up. So there would be like, it would be called the dance of death and it would kind of be like a conga line with a devil at the front. And then people dressed up as like popes and priests and blacksmiths and tailors and presidents and anything, anything they wanted to be, just anything you wanted to be to represent as like a, a walk of life sort of as you would like conga line dance, the dance of the dead. Nice. In like representation of like, you know, the devil's carrying all these people. Anyway, so I it mean, was like. That, re- I think that's like almost cooler than getting candy. And so TPing houses. Candy's not done. <laughs> oh. And neither is the TPing houses. Oh. So, so then they would have this. That's what the French would do. And that was on November 2nd. But then Guy Fawkes happened in Britain. We know what that is, right? Remember, remember the 5th of November. Exactly. Exactly. So. In Britain, they would wear, they would like celebrate this uh, Guy Fawkes Day by like wearing masks and like putting on like productions in the street and stuff. But then they would go into like places like bars or establishments establishments, and demand like cakes and beer. (laughs) And that, and and they would put on like performances though. They would do something like they would do a trick. Oh, okay. And then they would get their treat. So it'd be like trick four treat. Exactly. Okay. And then they would like, yeah, so they would go, they would just like have dressed up and put on these little performances. It didn't really exactly describe what they were. Probably stupid stuff. Probably pretty stupid stuff. But, but whatever. Yeah. I'm sure it was good fun. It was in good fun. And then they would, yeah, and then in de- and they would demand beer and cakes for their, for yeah. their treats. Yeah. And so then once all of these things would just take place, and then about 1700s, when they were all mixing in the colonies, it was just like, hey, we have a feast tonight, we got a feast tomorrow night, there's a feast the next night, these people are dressing up, these people are dressing up, these people are giving out free cake, let's just fucking jam it all together, the Hallmark people see this, and they throw witches involved, Nice. and then that kind of witch thing that the greeting card company introduced, that tricked a whole lot of people into believing Halloween was a druidic. Oh, that's okay. Like a pagan yeah. druidic um, thing. And so that. Hallmark. Yeah. And so that actually introduced jack-o'-lanterns because the, the Celtic uh, harvest festivals would, they would use turnips. As lanterns. Oh, my God. And so the Americans uh, had more pumpkins, so they, they just, just carved, they just carved pumpkin lanterns instead of turnip ones. God damn it. 
everybody's just piggyback on on Halloween. I think it's great. I oh, think yeah. I think it's so much fun because you can like it. It has so much so much different meaning in so many different places. And actually, all of this information I read. I read a really good piece from Father Augustine Thompson of the Dominican Order of Preachers. I just thought it was really interesting. He was like, this is a well-celebrated um, priest in this sector. Mm-hmm. And he just had like, he was basically saying like, next time somebody tells you that Halloween's devil worship, it's this, these are the facts. And it's like, oh, it has okay. just as much Christian meaning as anything else and it what you gleam from Halloween is what you take want from, yeah. from it. And which it, is kinda cool. Yeah, I thought it was really like I thought that was a fresh take and Junie Harper maybe should have listened to this dude. <laughs> yeah, she was yeah. I mean, it was a. I think it was a refreshing article that I read. If anybody wants to read it, it was on crossroadsinitiative.com. It's right. called the the true origins of Halloween, pagan, druid, or Christian. So Ginny Harper's wrong, and that's why she's wrong. Yeah, no, that's uh, very. But have you seen like old pictures of like fucking vintage like Halloween costumes from like the like the 19th century? They are fucking terrifying. Oh, they yeah. are so creepy. Like they're scarier than anything you could buy today. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, they all have a lot to do with death, right? All the holidays. Yeah. Like I mean, All Saints Wank, I guess not necessarily, but like the. The harvest festival, I guess, is you know the the into winter, so all your crops are gonna die. And then the the guy Fox is about a man burning to death at a stake after he tried to kill a bunch of people. And then like the the French one is literally for dead for mm-hmm. the dead. Mm-hmm. So. And I think Hank understands that, and that's why he's very disappointed at Megalomar when all he's got is Elmo. <laughs> so now it is the next day, Wednesday, October 29th, 1997, and uh, Hank's found Bobby a Halloween costume, which is way scarier than anything at Megalomart, his old devil costume. You know, I used to have a laugh that went along with this, try it with me, son. <laughs> Scary? Uh, it was disturbing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought it was good. <laughs> this is October 29th, 1997. It was a Wednesday, I believe it says, uh, leading into this scene. Yes. Uh, I just think it's a little funny that Bobby's dressed up like the devil. And in real, like, in the real world on this day, October 29th, 1997... His eminence, Anton Xander LaVey, passed away. The founder of the Satanic Church, author of several books, including The Satanic Bible, Satanic Rituals, The Satanic Witch, The Devil's Notebook, and Satan Speaks. Wowzers. (laughs) Yeah, this uh, crazy... Which one of those was your favorite again? <laughs> I read the Satanic Bible. It was research. <laughs> he was really into Megadeth. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, it was. It's an it's an interesting book for the first little bit, but it's crazy. It's definitely the writings of a crazy man. Maybe that is. Uh, I just think Bobby it's, tip, tip, tipping a nod. It's. It's one of those, well, there's no way they could have predicted it, but mm-hmm. I think it's funny that, yeah, this movie does involve a lot of uh, Satan, and the most well-known proponent of the Church of Satanism passed away on this day, so. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, I thought it was an interesting fun fact. Yeah. 
But then they're interrupted. They are. <laughs> by Luann, who's big news. Yeah, Luann comes fucking barging in here, uh, hysterical as always, and just full of beans, and she was, she goes on to say that- I'll go ahead and get it, Peggy! I have terrible news! Halloween is a satanic holiday! It was invented by the Druish! <laughs> no, <laughs> not Druish, the Druids. Oh, is Peggy, Peggy corrects her, and Hank is just burying his face into his hands there. It's <laughs> like you could not say anything more stupid. Um, of course, Hank and Luann get into one of their uh, famous arguments that they're really known for in these early seasons. And um, Hank asks her where she heard all this garbage from. And um, she brings up Junie Harper, and she's, she just speaks like Junie Harper can do no wrong. She keeps referring to her and like using her full name, too, which is this extra annoying. <laughs> and, um, of course, on cue, Peggy... Or, sorry, of course, on cue, Luann runs off crying hysterical, and then Peggy begins to scold Hank. Luann, Halloween is just good, clean fun. It's got nothing to do with the devil. Now, I don't want to hear any more of your foolishness. Oh. Well, what is wrong with you? She just put some exciting new thing in her braid, and all she wanted to do was show it to us. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. It's just simple as that. It is simple as that. So she she clearly runs off crying to go to Junie Harper's house yeah, to tell Junior. her to tell her about Hank's allegiance to the devil. <laughs> you told him about the druids and the candy corn, and he still thinks Halloween is just for fun. <laughs> for some reason, candy corn gets thrown in there with the with the druids about being like the worst thing about Halloween. <laughs> candy corn has been around a long fucking time. Uh, it started getting produced in the late 19th century, like in the 1880s. And uh, its original name was Chicken Feed. Yeah. Um, no, uh, you don't really need to get into great detail why they changed it. I don't think <laughs> anybody wants to see the candy called Chicken Feed. But, I mean, you do feed chickens corn. Yeah, it makes sense, but it's not a very appetizing no. <laughs> name. I just like the, in the States, they have these different vi- variations of candy corn for the different holidays. Uh, we have reindeer corn for Christmas, Cupid corn for Valentine's Day, bunny corn for Easter, and of course, freedom corn, uh, the red, white, and blue one for Independence oh. Day. <laughs> Man, I get they can get they that. <laughs> and your box of Mountain Dew, red, white, and blue. <laughs> it's, just, it's just the three flavors mixed together. <laughs> No, it's just super funny, just like reading about candy corn. It's just like, what in life led me to be researching candy corn? I don't know, but <laughs> but like there was one comment on the Wikipedia. Did you buy some? No. Oh, it's like that would have been real research. <laughs> that's some, like, I'm, I like my teeth in my, in my <laughs> mouth. <laughs> Those are real uh, teeth melters. But, um, there was one quote in there on, I think on the Wikipedia page for candy corn, and it went on to say that the, the taste of candy corn is uh, very polarizing. And then it's been the subject of much debate whether it's actually fucking good or not. <laughs> much like pineapple on pizza. <laughs> I like candy corn. I like cornbread. <laughs> we know. <laughs> so Luann talks to Junie about all this Satanism. And we see Hank uh, getting ready to set up the haunted house at Tom Landry Middle School for uh, Bobby's class to enjoy. And, of course, um, who's he interrupted up by? Then, Junie Harper. With Carl Moss in tow. Mm -hmm. 
because yeah, Del- uh, Luann actually is the one who informs uh, Junie Harper about it at the school. So she comes flying down there, and we get to meet Principal Carl Moss for the first time. Hank, we can't afford another lawsuit. We blew our budget fighting wheelchair ramps and left-handed scissors. <laughs> Did they say buying or fighting? Fighting. (laughs) (laughs) So fuck wheelchair ramps. (laughs) So Principal Carl Moss, uh, the principal of Tom Landry Middle School, he has two appearances in season two, uh, this episode of Halloween and also Bobby Slam. Now he's voiced by Dennis Berkeley, who has appeared in 36 King of the Hill episodes as Principal Moss, William B. Travis, and also he plays a truck driver in one episode. Uh, known for his large frame, Dennis Berkeley appeared in many TV shows throughout the 70s and 80s, including Kojak, Starsky and Hutch, Quincy M.E., The Rockford Files, B.J. and the Bear, The Misadventures of Sheriff Lobo, and he played Cal Petty in 26 episodes of the short-lived Sanford and Son sequel called Sanford. And that's what I was uh, talking about earlier when you brought up the 101 Dalmatians with Pamela Adlon. As we see in a couple scenes later, who's watching Sanford and Son is Dale in his underpants. He is. So I, I assume that was another shout out that John Rice maybe wanted to do. For, and because it was his first. Yeah, his first appearance okay. at Dennis Berkeley, and I he's very iconic. Like he he was in a, like he's always just playing like these big blue collar dudes. He was in My Name Is Earl and stuff like that. He's very recognizable for that. Um, he actually died in his sleep of a heart attack uh, in Los Angeles, California, on July fourteenth, twenty thirteen. He was sixty seven years old. So uh, here's one for. Uh, Cheers for Dennis. Rest rest in peace. Oh, yeah, that's good. So after Hank gets delivered this information Mm. from that some people view Halloween as a religious holiday, citing church and state separation, I guess, Junie Harper's clearly just upset that they can't teach creationism. So <laughs> yeah. nobody can have any fun. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so that shuts down the operation pretty quick. Uh, so back at the Hill House is when um, Hank is just super frustrated and he's blown away that he's not going to be able to to have his haunted house that he's been working so hard on and he was looking forward to so much. And Peggy suggests that there is no separation between church and garage. And Hank goes, well, that's what he'll do. Uh, and right on cue, Luann and him begin to argue again, and I think this is the first time that Luann says that Junie Harper is going to actually have a hallelujah house instead on Halloween. You're right, and this argument kind of leaves Hank with the final word, and I think he won this one. But Junie Harper says... Junie Harper says, Junie Harper says, last time I checked, it wasn't Junie Harper's face in the stained glass window at Arlen First Methodist. (laughs) And immediately after that, we get to go see uh, Hank bestow the other side of Trick or Treat to Bobby and practice a little light vandalism. Yeah. And they're getting all geared up to egg Dale's house and TP his trees and his lawn uh, when uh, Junie Harper comes out of a house down the street from Dale's. I guess she just moved in there uh, because she can't find her cat Joshua. Uh, and I'm not Joshua. sure. I'm not sure if it's Joshua and she's just pronouncing it weird, or if it's Joshua. In the you saw the subtitle. It says Joshua, oh. like spell Joshua. <laughs> <laughs> Joshua. Uh, so Hank, uh, like that when like I'm sorry, just back to Sally Fields. Like when she is shouting that, mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, that's like total Sally Field because she goes from like nice Joshua. 
to Joshua. Yeah. And I just was like, that's some pretty good like yeah. voice acting, I thought. Yeah, no, that was that was really good. Yeah, I was watching it with you there with the subtitles and it was like in brackets, like increasingly more angry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like as she keeps saying Joshua. That's perfect. And uh, I don't know about you, but I think we get a little uh, shot of the cat, like a really quick one. Yeah, because you see it hiding under the car. And tell me if I'm wrong. That cat looks like fucking Bobby. <laughs> like, it looks like Bobby was, if Bobby was a cat. It was a fat cat. And I mean, it, had, it just, next time you see it, pause on the cat, it looks like fucking Bobby. You know, that's weird because, um, like, way in the later seasons, Bobby actually has, like, a pet snake, and its name is Joshua. Oh. <laughs> or Josh, I think, but we'll, yeah, we'll get to that later on. Um, of course, uh, Bobby is failing at his vandalism. <laughs> He's not getting proper backspin on the toilet paper. It just hits a tree and rolls right back to his fucking feet. <laughs> Hank, uh, very keen, shows him how to do it properly. And, of course, on Bobby's next throw, he dummies a birdhouse, and it cra- comes mm. crashing to the ground. Pretty sad. And Junie Harper comes flying out uh Hooting and hollering about she's not scared about the Satanists, and she hops into her car, puts it in drive, even though she's, she's reversing. Yeah. <laughs> that was a real obvious fuck up there. Yeah. And just dummies that poor cat, Joshua. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was watching this show with my girlfriend, and, and she was just like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she knew it was coming. Basically, they, they raised proper hell here. I think heck is fine. Yeah. <laughs> no, they... they hey, come on th- now. There's a dead cat. There's a homeless bird. Mm-hmm, yeah, so uh, they have Hank and Bobby are uh, fleeing the scene, and uh, they actually get cornered at a fence, which Hank uh, easily jumps over, and Bobby really struggles. And as he's struggling, he turns around, and Junie Harper makes eye contact with Bobby just before Hank yanks him over the fence. And now we see them hide beside the fence. Now there's cop lights. On fucking Rainy Street. They're getting chased by the fuzz. So, of course, they decide to ditch the evidence, <laughs> <laughs> which is the remaining eggs and toilet paper, which lands on the Gribble's roof, where <laughs> Dale is in his underpants watching Sanford and Son. <laughs> and what I thought was funny is when I was watching the scene, I was just like, hey, what a loser. He's in his underpants watching TV. And then I realized I'm at home in my underpants <laughs> watching TV. <laughs> Jucking for cover at the sight of a spider. <laughs> I was not watching Sanford and Son, so... <laughs> Yeah, I, I was uh, looking forever to find what song that was that Dale was watching. Not, of course it was Sanford and Sons, oh, I should have known. I remember a few years actually ago and I was, remember, um, I was like, man, what is that song? And Elder Little Pond was, that's Sanford and Son. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's a good show. But yeah, so I mean, the cops, ba- Junie Harper can identify Bobby and... Cops show up at the Hill residence, and Peggy denies to high heaven that Bobby had any involvement in this light vandalism. <laughs> but Hank, Hank mans up and takes the blame for it all. But but there, the Hill family's uh, faith gets called into question, and it kind of felt like uh, Peggy was kind of taking the side of you know the authority and Junie being like, "Oh, this is bad." But then as soon as they attacked the uh, the faith of the Hill family, she comes back on to Hank's side. His antisocial behavior is the result of your whole family's anti-Christian values. <gasps> you hold it right there, Junie Harper. You are out of order. <laughs> I go to church too, and I have raffled and bingoed and bake-sailed my way as close to the good Lord as you. So do not try to one-up me, because I will one-up yours. 
<laughs> Is that where they play cow bingo? <laughs> I was going to say, I wonder how many people uh, Peggy poisoned with her baking there. <laughs> yeah. She just she runs the sale part of the bake sale. And Bobby, I like that he sees that, yeah, the cops are there and Peggy was sort of like, this is wrong. Mm-hmm. And Hank's just denying that it's wrong because well, he's got his own crusade to worry about. But but Bobby is clearly shook by this. like. And what I was wondering is like, I don't know how well you guys remember the Hank or the Hill family foyer. Does it have those uh, pillars in it? Sometimes, yes. Oh, just sometimes? Does. Well, I would say it does, yes. Sometimes okay. we see them. Because, yeah, I was uh, I was unsure because I thought maybe they were just trying to symbolize Bobby behind bars. <laughs> no, no, but uh, maybe. It, yeah, maybe. I, I think that's just the first time we've seen them since uh, West East Side Story when oh, okay. uh, the Super Newsome phones come over for dinner. I think we see them when uh, in Hank's Unmentionable. Because we get a weird shot down the hallway to the bathroom. Oh, okay. In that there. one, like, and that's a weird angle in the Hill oh, yeah. residence that we don't often see. Well, anyways... Junie Harper starts spouting scripture. She does. <laughs> I believe it's Proverbs. The complacency of fools will destroy them. Proverbs. Get out of my house. Exodus. I love it. Hey, he's got the best rebuttal ever. <laughs> so good. Uh, Exodus. <laughs> and she leaves and... Um, uh, we see Hank, and he's pretending to discipline Bobby as as Peggy walks behind down the hallway, and that's when Hank's like, you're a regular Halloween Hellraiser, just like your old man, but, like, Bobby is, like, feeling terrible about oh, what yeah. happened. He is so guilty. Oh, and he even sees how he knows he needs to feel guilty because second Peg looks, yeah. Bo- uh, Hank shifts his tone, and he's, I'm very disappointed in you. Because mm-hmm, if, like, Bobby was, like a, a me- like, a character of mischief, he would be like in on it like we are that Hank's proud of him and and he could be faking it for Peggy but he does feel genuinely bad and you can see that when his face changes after Peggy walks by. So now it is Thursday, October 30th, 1997 and Bobby is driving with Hank and his truck past Junie Harper's house and they see her pulling TP off her tree and Hank's laughing. Mm-hmm, and that's what... Uh... Bobby sees this family of birds trying to dive into this, like, broken rubble pile of the birdhouse that Bobby destroyed the night before, and he feels so guilty. And uh, the next scene, we see himself just sitting in a, on a chair in his room, just, like, staring out the window. And Luann comes in and asks him if he's all right because she didn't hear the TV on. <laughs> and he says he's not watching TV because he grounded himself. It's not your fault. It's Uncle Hank's fault. He's a Satanist, Bobby. Oh, come on, Luann. That's the craziest thing I ever heard. It's true. Oh, dang. <laughs> like how, oh, dang. Yeah. Imagine how quickly he's like, really? It's true? Yeah, <laughs> like, super naive Bobby. Like, oh, someone older than me is saying this? Like, yeah, it's got to be true. This isn't the first time he does that either. Ugh. He does it again later in the future, but we'll get there. Yeah, he he pieces together like a flashback in his mind of their recovered memories. Their yeah, recovered <laughs> memories of of Hank. Uh, where are all the witches and yeah, the episodes from the no scenes from the episode. Yeah. But then a new clip that we get to see of Hank offering him liver <laughs> on a cracker, <laughs> and then he just turns into the devil, which is basically like making Bobby drink blood. Yeah, yeah. As a, as far as Luann's concerned, it's one of the same. 
Never had liver on a cracker before. I have had liver worst on a cracker before. <laughs> I've never I, had liver. Oh. I, I bought it by accident. Like this was not that long ago, like a couple months ago. I oh. thought it. Was, I thought it was like a fucking like something way better. <laughs> I thought it was something good. And I got home and it was liver worst. And I thought for fuck's sakes, but I ate it anyway and it was it was okay. Is it okay? It's the next scene. We see um, Dale speaking at an Arlen Town Hall meeting. Um, he's feeling feeling very really victimized today. The vandalism upon my house can only be described as a hate crime. Somebody hates me. Let the record show that somebody hates Dale Dribble. Add it to the list. Yeah. <laughs> I bet they got a file this thick on <laughs> How many of those of these mistakes for Hank, though? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and what Dale's actually referring to is, uh, like, the eggs and the toilet paper and the evidence that they ditched on Dale's house. And quickly, that counselor is actually uh, voiced by David Herman. Like you said, oh. it like... Uh, Denim said in our interlude episode that he is the Hank Azaria of the show uh, like what, he, what Hank Azaria is to the Simpsons he just does every fucking minor one line role there is <laughs> nice nice and I thought he did a wonderful job Very good. I did laugh at that line <laughs> yeah but then of course uh, we get an interruption of Dale's complaint with uh, the ever so important Junie Harper. She comes in waving a dead cat around, <laughs> yelling about Satanists. <laughs> and I like that. Uh, I mean, yes, dead cats are sad, but somebody has to run out of the building. Like, everybody covers their mouth. Well, I think it, it is, you know, obviously it's not Satanist, but, like, it is. Bobby, sh- Bobby, Bobby should feel bad because that only happened because they did that. Mm-hmm. But I think Hank should feel bad. Hank should feel bad, but Hank doesn't. Mm-hmm. So Bobby feels bad for Hank. Yeah. Like, on behalf of Hank. It is hard to feel... It is... I think it is hard to feel bad for Junie Harper because... I mean, because she's using this. Yeah, but you can also tell that she loves that cat. She had cat slippers. The clock in her kitchen was cat-shaped. And uh, she did take care of that cat. So she loved that cat. I mean, that's true. But that's she's, the only way I she's feel bad. still like using, she's still waving it around dead, saying like, mm-hmm. lying about it. Using it as evidence, <laughs> like, like before even burying it. I guess, did She did say they made her run it over, didn't they? Didn't she? Yeah, she blamed it on them. Yeah. Um, but she said she doesn't say they killed it. She says, I, they, they, they made, made me, me run do over this. my cat. Yeah. yeah. And I honestly thought it was going to be a bigger deal. Like she was going to put more on blaming. Hank and Bobby for the cat, and they were gonna have to answer to that. But they kind of just don't talk about the cat after that at all. Her her battle is against Halloween less than less it is the, against yeah. Hank. But Hank's taking it personally. Yeah. So uh, Junie Harper, like you said, uh, flopping that dead fucking cat carcass out on the desk of the Arland City Council really worked because they institute a curfew for Friday, October thirty first, nineteen ninety seven, which would effectively eliminate Halloween and any of its uh, festivities involved with it, including trick or treating. Man, if this show was in two thousand and nineteen, then. It wouldn't matter because kids just fucking trick or treat in the mall in the middle of the day anyway. Now <laughs> it's yeah. so stupid. Yeah, it's uh, it's, I, pr- it's pretty burnt. I think I get like ten kids every year. I don't know. You could, like we had to work for the fucking candy. It was dark, always <laughs> raining, mm-hmm. and like costumes have really evolved 
since we were uh, like you know in 1997 yeah. like you remember like going out there when it's like fucking raining and you're either like fogging your face up with some mask like <laughs> sweating profusely or you're wearing some big thing that feels like you're walking around with like a fucking duvet quilt wrapped around <laughs> you and it's like now they're like streamline and they are reflective <laughs> i think i think i was i think in 97 what was that grade one for you and i i think i would have been i think i was uh ghost face from scream oh not from wu-tang <laughs> well, that's maybe where he gets his name, I think. Well, that was like, what, the year after Scream came out? It's because Scream I was 96. So, yeah, maybe Scream 2 or. Well, I think Scream 1 was 96. Is it 96? So okay. that would have been like the blow like, up of the ghost face it, mess. It would have been. And I know that it was nothing but just a big rubber thing <laughs> in front of my face, sweating my nose. Like well, you, know, you know what I was in grade one? Oh, no. Um, no. I want to be a werewolf. Which is really ambitious thing to fucking want to be. <laughs> so my mom and my grandma went to Value Village and like bought some old fur coats and fucking like hacked oh, them really? together. Oh really? That's good. And put like an orange shirt on me that was all like ripped up and it said like Kid Wolf on it and it was like <laughs> that's pretty much what I'm referring to. I was walking around in like a down quilt. Like, it was <laughs> yeah. horrible. I was so hot, but like Itchy. my extremities <laughs> were cold at the same time. Yeah, I remember I was a stormtrooper one year. Oh, mom made you that costume. Yeah, it was, like, it was all hockey gear that was painted white. Yeah, a hockey oh. mask with ski goggles and yacht bottles taped yeah. to my fucking cheeks. That was all because you had the gun. Only because I had the gun. It was like I have the stormtrooper gun. I want to be a stormtrooper. I think it, when because that was in grade one. For you, and I think that we were playing a whole lot of Star Wars Battlefront around that time. I think I think it was honestly grade four, but uh, it still checks out. We played a lot of Sp Star Wars Battlefront. Okay. Around that time. Yeah, that was that was a good one. Uh, yes, it was. And then that takes us to Friday, October thirty first, nineteen ninety seven. So the first scene we see on Friday, October 31st, 1997, a.k.a. Halloween, is Luann in Peggy's car driving Bobby to Junie Harper's Hallelujah House. Luann and Bobby have a brief exchange of words, and Bobby gets dropped off. And the next scene we see, they're back at the Hills house, where I don't think anybody's showing up to Hank Hell's uh, haunted house. Well, I think it is perfect, although I still think Hank Heck works just as well. <laughs> it's a damn good sign too like, The Hallelujah House has a decent one That we got to see when Hank and Bobby Went to vandalize yeah. It was already set up But uh, Hank's I think is just as good if not better It's good, too bad the kids aren't there I guess Peggy sent them out for some high C Yeah, which I guess is uh, kind of like a snipe hunt You mean they're in Texas It would have been a quick trip down to the H-E-B <laughs> And where you can readily get some high C now, uh, high C, I, we don't have that here. I don't think, think so. we have it here, no. I don't, no. like... We have I've, C+. Plus. We have C+, plus, yeah. But I think C+, plus is like orange soda. Yeah, oh, so this is just juice. No, this is, yeah, this is drink. Oh. It's not juice. <laughs> oh, my bad. <laughs> it's the lowest form of beverage. No, it's <laughs> yeah. fucking known to man. It's like, it's like if, if Coca-Cola owns Minute Maid, Minute Maid... Makes high C make all the shit, like, fruit drinks. All um, the leftovers or the, the bad batches. I mean, you know, you can't call your juice or you can't call your drinks orange juice and strawberry juice. So they had to come up with some pretty fun titles for some of these oh, drinks. Hit me. 
Now, uh, this could be why it took them so long to just find a brand of high C that they wanted. So this is the drink boxes. These are what they're known for, basically, is the mm-hmm. drink juice box. Um, names like Flash and Fruit Punch, Orange Lava Burst, Torrential Tropical Punch, Bop and Strawberry, Pop and Lemonade, Grab and Grape, Strawberry Kiwi Craze, Blaze and Blueberry, Wild Cherry, Smash and Wildberry, Ecto Cooler, Candy Apple Cooler, Double Fruit Cooler, or Hula Punch. I don't know if these are juice boxes or strains of weed. That's that's funny. It reminds me of like when we were younger and like Kool Aid Jammers came out. Oh, and Jammers! Had, like, all yeah. those like ridiculous like names. I, for I it. think it might be similar to the Jammers, but not the like not the crystals because you don't. I don't think you buy it in crystals. Right, right. Yeah, and I just, I just remember being a kid and being like, you know, stop focusing all your time on naming the fucking thing. Like, just make it bigger. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I'm still thirsty after this tiny fucking thing. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean the. I'd like to get some high C. I want to try this Ecto Cooler one. It's all based off the Ghostbusters. I hear uh, the old ones go for about four hundred dollars a box. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a one juice box, yeah. not a box of boxes. No, <laughs> what was the second name you listed? The orange one, because it sounded disgusting. Uh, orange lava burst. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a blend of orange, pear, and apple drinks. Nice. So, yeah, the leftovers. I kind of liked Bop and Strawberry and Pop and Cherry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Pop and Cherry. Like Smash and Wildberry. <laughs> Was it actually called Pop and Cherry? Yeah. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Wild Cherry. It's Pop and Lemonade. Oh. <laughs> I think I know what their next flavor is going to be. But I mean, like, grabbing grapes? Come yeah, on. Come on. <laughs> Like that's that one I didn't make up. <laughs> Blazing blueberry, like that is a strain of weed. Yeah, actually is. So, anyways, instead of going to get high C, they do something way lamer. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> instead of getting high C, I'm starting. It start. It makes sense now. Their name is High C. Yeah. They're all. They, they should get into the. They should come to Canada. And they should get into the marijuana business. High cannabis. Yeah. High cannabis. There we go. Fuck. Making the money. TM. That's a verbal trademark. They've Uh, already trademarked. (laughs) (laughs) Well, glad you asked because we're back at the Hallelujah House where uh, she has several exhibits going on. And the first one she shows them is that sex kills and an unwed couple is about to let their hormones take over. And the wall flips much like an Indiana Jones to two dead bodies in a morgue. Toe tags. I, I think it's interesting to notice even that she is dressed up. She's an angel, but she's still dressed up. Yeah, she's, she's still, still taking part yeah. in the pagan holiday. Yeah, it's just she wants everybody to follow her specific one. Right. And the way she convinces the kid is with fear. Oh no, he's eating the baby Stop him, honey We can't It's against the law to teach creationism <laughs> Like <laughs> I don't know if that adds up I like that uh, Just before this scene Talking about all the, you know, the sins of man uh, Bobby has this line to Luann Who is, I guess now, a practicing Christian Thanks for helping me get away 
I heard Satanists like my dad always sacrifice virgins, so we both better be careful. Oh. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> She should have stuck around for the Hallelujah House. Yeah, why didn't she actually? What did she go do? She just went I back guess she home. Had to get, I guess she had to get high C. She did have to go get high C. That's true. That actually leads us perfectly right into the next scene where it is Luann eating popcorn back at the Hill House uh, watching TV. And Peggy comes in to ask if she has seen Bobby. And uh, Luann informs her that she actually dropped him off at Junie Harper's Hallelujah House. And Peggy is pissed. And her and Luann get into a great argument uh good back and forth between the two actually it's not really peggy just kind of destroys her because yeah uh, luann was just, uh, just she overstepped fucking... her bounds oh, for she, sure yeah she was so out of line she's just rambling off all this stupid stuff that junie harper had told her like an hour before and yeah and you can just tell that hank is so bummed out that like halloween is not happening like he's looking down the street just disappointed not seeing anybody out having any fun isn't there one person in this town with the courage to celebrate Halloween? Hank, while you're out there, turn off my hose. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're not breaking curfew if you go in your yard. Like, yeah. I think you're okay. Well, I think Dale doesn't know anything about the curfew. Nor would he <laughs> listen to it. He just got a new megaphone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At this part, I, I sympathize with Hank because... I know when you're like you you get the you, when you're ready for kids to come and they Halloween just doesn't happen like cuz I don't know like I thought like my house my street is a busy road there's lots of houses but it is a there's like it's kind of like not a good one to walk on necessarily Yeah Some there's kids better do, suburbs to go to But yeah I wonder but like I know, like, just from people I work with, like, a lot of kids just go to the mall, and that's yeah. it. I have a lot of people that live uh, in different parts of town, and they said that this year it was, like, abysmal. Yeah. And, like, I live in, like, a more traditional suburban setting. Like, I live, like, close to two schools, and there's, like, there's kids everywhere. And, like, what I noticed this year at Halloween as I was um, hiding out in the basement avoiding trick-or-treat yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that there was, like, fleets and fleets of vehicles from um, people that live in, like, different parts of town, like, doing their trick-or-treating in my neighborhood because it is so compact and, like, there's so many houses. Well, we did live... I would go up to your parents, basically. Right, That's yeah. where I would always go to the top of that hill and then just walk down. Yeah, we had three houses on a no-exit. We, yeah. we picked and choose the neighborhoods we were going Mom to. Mom just left a bucket of candy on the front porch and, like, the two kids that knew that lived on the street, like, just went there and grabbed a handful. <laughs> like, yeah, that was it. It was dope. We got extra candy every time we came home. It's <laughs> my candy. <laughs> No one said you could eat it. <laughs> At this point, um, Peggy goes out to the driveway where Hank is still sitting there. She hands him a fresh beer and then tells to him... To soften the blow. To soften the blow, of course. And she then proceeds to tell Hank that Bobby's at Junie Harper's and he nearly spits out that ice-cold alamo. He doesn't, though. He does not. And just a fun fact, this is the Alamo can that I think they've decided to stick with for season two. That's it. Babe. Yeah, this is the, uh, it's been in pretty much every single one so far. And it's the same can that we got from episode two, the blue label, white. It's official, we need some. Yes, exactly. But uh, cheers to the Alamo beer. And then Hank takes it upon himself. Hank, no, you could go to jail. I knew the risks when I put on the uniform. 
<laughs> so much pride. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. much pride. And obviously the the outfit he wore when he was a child does not fit him. That costume is way too small. Oh my god, it's all tearing. But he goes and marches oh, and proudly, just starts right. trick-or-treating. Yeah, in a very uh not the same way I say trick-or-treat. <laughs> yeah, well his was very I I've said this word this would be the third time, but is this militant? He's marching. Yeah, he's no, like, you're totally right. He's leading uh, a force to get his son, and then they'll trick or treat. And his uh, act of bravery is then followed one by one from everyone on Rainy Street, starting with none other than Boom Hot. Hey man, check it out, man. I don't need no dang old costume, man. I'm gonna put on a bit dang old mine, man. Look, it's like I'm trying to get out of his box, man. Say, whoa, then gonna play tug of war, man. That's good. <laughs> I really like it's that. It's good. Mime. He's a mime this time, and uh, <laughs> and then of course we get. Uh, is it Bill is next? Yeah, he comes out now. This time he's the ghost. Trying to be. Here comes the ghost. <laughs> oh. so much passion <laughs> i love it i love that just the like it's, it's animal house steven root killed that one yeah <laughs> that was a... mark on like the on the few lines bill has in this episode and the next one to come out is dale and now he's uh boo i am a high-priced washington lobbyist peddling influence who <laughs> wants candy <laughs> it's and uh, I don't know if this is part of his costume to be a little bit more scary, but he changes his hat from a orange Mac trucking hat to a red Mac trucking hat. Mm. It might have to do with the devil. It might just be dark. It might just be dark, but it is definitely red. <laughs> so then we uh, see the whole mob of people marching down the street all the way down to Junie Harper's house where... Uh, all the kids are at different tables. <laughs> They're getting uh, offered to join the Christian the, fellowship. The Christian timeshare. <laughs> yeah. When uh, like that reminds us me of when we went to Vegas and uh, you took the tickets on the helicopter. Aren't you gonna buy the timeshare? No, no. Like <laughs> when we went with Nathan and Danielle. Uh-huh. When we, oh we yeah. Went to Little Pond. Yeah. And uh, and. Uh, so Danielle gets pressured in at the in, at the intro to say like, "Oh, we'll give you a free breakfast one morning. You just have to come here." Thing, and Danielle like didn't really know how to say no politely, so she was just like, "Yeah, okay, sure, whatever," and they just thought we could ignore it. But they don't let you ignore it. No, they phone you every five fucking minutes. Yeah, and re- make you wake up, and you're just like, no. And I, I, I was in. We were in suite A, and they were in suite B. So yeah. they were phoning us. Oh yeah. And I was like, and I was like, right next to the phone. So I kept answering, being like, I'm not the person that you're trying to sell this to. Like, leave. Oh. Oh. Yeah, and they wouldn't, and eventually it just we had to just say like, no, we're not. Like, I, re- I remember in the morning we walked by the breakfast place and like poked our heads in, and we were like, thank fucking god, we did oh. not go to that shit. Oh like, my god, it was the most weak breakfast ever. Yeah. It was like bread and toast. But <laughs> you took the brownie. You didn't make you take the brownie. <laughs> Just it's a perfect representation of pushy salesmen. Oh yeah, at a hallelujah house trying to convert children. But <laughs> of course, Bobby just wants another brownie and decides to join the club. Yeah, yeah, it's so fucking bizarre. Like there should really be some parents around. It's like these creepy old men just like prodding and poking <laughs> and like pushing these kids towards signing a hallelujah club pledge card. <laughs> it's fucking weird. Or like finally. 
Hank and the guys and the parents arrive, and it's super cool to see all the other neighborhood parents that have filed out of their houses with, like, makeshift costumes on, like, guys have uh, lampshades on their heads and stuff like that, or I think some of them were just wearing, like, their work uniform. <laughs> what was funny about that is, like, I was, again, watching this with my girlfriend, and I was like, look, she's just got a lampshade on her head, and she's like, my mom was a lamp one year for Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> lampshade that she liked and a brown dress, and she was a lamp. My friend Mackenzie, she was, yeah, she wore just, like, a brown dress and a lampshade as yeah. Yeah, like, I didn't know that was a thing. Like, that's so good. It was pretty good. Yeah, they get to the door. Hey, Bobby. Go away, Satan. Bobby, it's just a costume. <laughs> Go away, Satan. I know, I love it. And you do get the, like, right over the shoulder. Junie Harper dressed as the angel on one side. Hank is the devil on the other. Exactly. But uh, I like that Hank took the uh, kind of the high road and said, I'm not going to force you. I'm going to let you make a choice. But this is my side of it. And Bobby uh, lies and says that he doesn't like candy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but eventually sides with Hank. But it's a good it's a it's a good because it definitely tells Junie Harper to kind of shut the fuck up. Oh, no doubt. By and saying like a, it's not about the candy. Yeah, totally. Like Bobby Bobby kills it there. Yeah. And then that's when we get everybody walking away. And having their Halloween. And actually, we forgot to mention, too, who else runs out of the house? Is Luann. She's changed her mind. Now she's, she has. She's, oh, a, she's yes. in her devil uniform, so she's there, too, to tell Junie Harper to shove it. And the rest of the neighborhood parents start to collect their children. And then Hank uh, says to Bobby that we got to go get you a costume because I guess Hank's going to wear the devil one all night. <laughs> well, first, to be fair, when that thing comes off, it goes into the garbage. Yeah. It doesn't go on anybody else. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't it exist destroyed. any longer. Uh, but I do like just talking about Luann's uh, devil costume. I like that she used her hair as like the horns. Yeah, it's kind. Of, it's just a nice little character touch. Like rather than just picking up some shitty horns, she does what she does and she makes them. Which is again, yeah, really, really nice. Um, but we f- leave on a very nice little sentiment and a really nice little tune. I was just kidding before. I care about candy. I care a lot. So that brings us to our final thoughts of this episode. Season 2, episode 4, Halloween. Um, I'm going to throw it over to Spooky Smoking Dart for his final wrap-up. Yeah, I really like this episode. I think it's great. I, 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 I mean, it definitely... Hank goes through a lot in this one, I think. And I, I like to see... When I think about the writers liking to put Hank in positions where he's at odds with somebody because of him unable to accept a like a strange idea to him but this is one this isn't an idea that most people agree with i think so it's it's interesting to see hank kind of like it's it's interesting to see hank get so worked up about something that he is i think he's right about Mm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he is in the right in most cases. I mean, the mischief is mischief. It's exactly that. You go out to do some light vandalism. You don't intend for a cat to die, but that aside, I think, like, yeah, yeah like, he's not far off of the mark in this one. Like, 
thinking about like the unmentionable problem one. Like he's he can't cope with the idea that he might not be able to eat meat. Like that's just so foreign to him. This is foreign to him, but it's also like out of the it's not like you know, like when you're talking about meat eating meat, you're like, well, there's really like a lot of health benefits to eat a lot less meat. Mm-hmm. But like you can't argue that this is because it's just not true. That yeah. it is a satanic holiday. It's just it's, so he's right. We obviously learned this episode that it's not. Yeah. <laughs> and like I just I like to see Hank uh put up such a fuss when he's in the right. Because I can't think of very many times that that actually happens. And I think that's because he's he's too proud, right? Not too Often. proud, but he's just very proud. Well, he's set in his ways, and a yeah. lot of the problems that arise are problems that uh, that are deemed like, I guess, popular opinions mm-hmm. that he goes against. And this yeah. is an unpopular opinion that he goes against. Goes against. Yeah. No, that's a definitely. It's definitely. It's a different way of looking at one of his usual problems and i think it's good too uh i just noticed that the whole quality and fun and like uh, excitement of this episode was really embellished like it was from the start a very fun episode to watch like Mm -hmm. they're in the garage they're not just fixing on a truck like they're doing a bunch of different uh halloween props and they scare Peg. They have a flashback. Like, it's, like, right from the start, it is a very exciting episode. And, like, again, I noticed that a lot of the animation was different. Like, we saw them in different clothes. We got to see them at lots of locations. And uh, even the villain that they brought on was, uh, it's really fun because the villain's now, like, posed as the good guy. Where and she's Sally Field. Yeah. It was just a very good episode all around. I really enjoyed it. So uh, I'm going to give this one five jack-o'-lanterns. And ten bags of candy. <laughs> candy corn, specifically. Yeah, yeah you got to have that candy corn there. I agree with both of you. It was a great episode. It was a truly complete Kayla episode. It had everything I wanted from the jokes, the story, to Sally Field as Junie Harper being so easy to love to hate. And exactly. she really served no other purpose either than just, like, just to hate her. And it worked great. Um... I love that they did this, too, being huge Simpsons fans. Every year you look forward to the Treehouse of Horror. And I like that they kind of kept it just the one-off. Um, I mean, like, I believe it was, like, topical, too, about, like, the hysteria hysteria that was, like, you know, surrounding the States in the 1990s, but, like, trick-or-treating and, like... Yeah, I guess. You know, because Michael yeah. Moore talks about it in Bowling for Columbine, I believe, where it was, like, you know, the one kid got a razor blade in his apple, but it was actually, you know, planted by a family member, but, like, the whole yeah. country went into... Dis- it was actually never happened. Yeah, and it was, like, just paranoia, and, yeah, it was great. I uh, I love this episode. It is the, I'll go as far to say the best one we've covered so far, in my opinion. I think it's up there. Yeah, I like I was every Halloween I watch nine, the nine from season the first ten seasons of the Simpsons Trios of Horror, and uh, we uh won trivia this year. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. But uh, Simpsons Trios of Horror Halloween trivia. But, um, and then, yeah, I've been throwing in the Halloween into my Halloween list Tradition. of, like, yeah, my <laughs> USB with all my Halloween stuff. Yeah. That It's basically Trios of Horror, Rocky Horror Picture Show, and as many of the slasher movies as I can get yeah, through in the month. Yeah, that's about right. I do remember <laughs> seeing those every Halloween. Um, so, yeah, thank you for that, Spooky Smoke and Dart, and Rhymes with Sin. Yeah, uh, Rhymes This with has sin. been Lays with Dead. And we would like to wish you a happy Halloween. Can I get a round table? We Matanya. We Matanya. Until next time. Trick or treat.
Want to hear more Order of the Straight Arrow? Join the conversation on Twitter at Utsakothpod or follow us on Instagram at Utsakothpod or look for us on Facebook at Order of the Straight Arrow, a King of the Hill podcast. Catch new episodes every Sunday night. Please share this podcast with your friends and feel free to contact us by email at utsakothpod at gmail.com. in this podcast are our own and in no way reflect the views and opinions of Mike Judge, Greg Daniels, or Fox Studios. The external audio used in this podcast is not owned by the Order of the Straight Arrow or its affiliates and is presented in good faith to its copyright owners. Please don't sue us.